Your attention, please. Everybody, with your tickets on your hand. Por favor, todos tengan su boleto en la mano, que ahorita se los voy a quitar. Chicago is connected to a world of small Mexican towns that most people have never heard of. If I want to visit my mother-in-law in provincial Mexico, I can walk to a bus station in my Chicago neighborhood and buy a direct ticket to Zamora, Michoacán. Well, they call it a direct ticket. You'll see what that means. The ride takes 48 hours, two days and two nights. The names of the bus lines traveling to Mexico are meant to make you think the trip will fly by. There's El Conejo, the rabbit. There's Tornado. We're traveling this time on El Expreso. Right. Every time you start one of these trips, you consider the variables, and you hope. So tell me about the conditions of the bus here. How, oh, how lucky are we? Beautiful, beautiful. We got Wi-Fi. We got a... Uh, switch where you can uh, recharge the battery. Our bus driver says his goal is to make everybody happy, which means 80s music for him, back-to-back movies for us, all at the same time. Like most people on the bus, my family is here for one reason. It's cheaper than a plane. Welcome and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for choosing an espresso. I'm sorry for the delay. Every two-day bus trip starts with a little welcome speech, and every speech includes this rule. Do not use the bus bathroom, basically unless you're dying. We do not want strong odors on the bus, the driver says. From the moment you buy your ticket, you're stepping into a different world. A world you do not control, a world where things will not go as planned, small things and big things. The 1 p.m. bus leaves at 2.30. It's not too bad. The Wi-Fi? Actually, no Wi-Fi. Last year, we were stranded for 20 hours in Matamoros. Another time, one of the bus's side windows just fell out. The driver went back to look for it on I-35. No luck. So we just kept going, the 100-degree Texas heat blowing through the bus all the way to Dallas. These bus companies have been sued over accidents. I try not to think about that when I buy the tickets. If you do this trip a few times, you get to know all the stops. Effingham, Illinois. Matthews, Missouri. That's where we are right now. Next will be Jackson, then Lafayette, Houston, and McAllen. And on the Mexico side, Monterrey, Matehuala, San Luis, Celaya, Zamora. We brush our teeth in the gas station bathrooms. Little by little, you get to know where everyone is from, where everyone's going. Places that have sent generations of immigrants to the Chicago area, mostly Michoacan, Zacatecas, Jalisco. The student from Beloit is going to Durango. Yeah, so it's like another 13 hours after Houston. I don't even know. I'm like... I get, I get motion sickness, <laughs> so I'm like half awake, half asleep the whole ride. I get to know a lot about the lady from Guanajuato, how her daughter got married at age 16, how she made a deal with God to get her immigration papers. Eight hours down, 40 to go. First night on the bus. Here you go, here's your blanket. So, while the bus companies in Chicago sell you direct tickets to little towns in Mexico, that doesn't mean you're riding the same bus all the way. 
In Houston, all 46 of us get off. And that's when I meet Eliseo Orejel. He's traveling with his wife and three kids. They're from LaGrange. And it just so happens they're going to the same town we are. Which luggage is yours? Here, everything. Up to there. Oh my because gosh. we're allowed 400 pounds. I'm like 340 something, 345 pounds. You're bringing 345 pounds to yeah. Mexico? Yeah. Yeah, but half, more than half of this is staying over there. So. Eliseo's kids like the bus. Do you think we're going to have any adventures on this bus trip? I think so. Really? Like what? Like, um, one time a wheel popped. We could just feel like uh, the bus was getting lower on the back, and it took a long while, and then it popped again. I can beat that. One time, I actually drove the bus. Well, it was a passenger van at that point, but still. The driver wanted to make some extra cash by dropping a passenger off at her out-of-the-way village. It was rainy season. We got stuck in the mud. So I drove, the driver and my husband pushed, and our kids watched from the edge of the muddy farm field. After an hour or so in Houston, we're on our way. Though Eliseo, the guy going to the same place we are, is not on our new bus. Our feet are swollen from sitting so long. People doze. Behind me, a senora talks on her cell phone. Next time, I'm going by plane, she tells someone. The granddaughter traveling with her gets on the phone next with an older sister. Imagine miles and miles of this. You know, I'm so lucky, Lupe, because you can't touch me. I'm all the way over here. You're all the way over there. You can't do nothing. I'm bored. Bueno, buenas noches. The thing about traveling on these bus lines, every time we pull into a station, we wonder, what will the next bus be like, and when will it leave? In McAllen, things don't go well. Not everyone fits on the next bus. The official says he's only boarding to three cities. He promises he has two other buses in the wings, but nobody quite believes him. Finally, another bus does show up, and so does Eliseo Orejel, the guy with the 345 pounds of luggage. What a mess. Now it's really mess. At this point, we've been traveling 30 hours. We're six hours behind schedule. This is our third bus. And that is the context for what happens next. The driver gets on the loudspeaker. Can you hear me, he asks. We're right on the border now. Ladies and gentlemen, he says, we've come to a fiscal checkpoint. I hate to tell you this, but the customs official has let me know that we are going to have to take everything, everything, off the bus. Everything we have in the compartments underneath the bus, everything inside the bus. And we're going through customs. However, the bus driver says, the customs official has mentioned something. If we take up a little donation, he says, we can avoid customs completely. 
This kind of shakedown has happened on every bus trip I've ever taken to Mexico. Have your money out, the driver says. I'll come by to collect. The driver suggests a $5 donation per person, which passengers revise to $5 per family. Once he's been through the bus, the driver steps out into the cool Reynosa air. He and another guy in a button-down shirt compare big wads of cash. Welcome to Mexico, the passengers quip from inside the bus. When the driver comes back, we drive right under the checkpoint with the giant red letters that say Mexico. Incredibly, we change buses two more times after this, including in Monterrey, where a young official tries a trick I have never heard before. He tells us there will be no buses for 10 days. So when one appears only two hours later and our names are called, it feels like a gift. And the LaGrange family going to the same place we are? Not on this bus. But along with all the delays, there are homemade tortillas at a roadside restaurant, barbacoa tacos, soup, the warm sun, and the thought of piñatas and weddings and quinceanera parties, all the family waiting for us. And as we get further and further into Mexico, the frustration in the bus dissipates. It's been a pretty good trip, the guy in front of me says. The bus official at our very last stop, 51 hours down, four to go, sees it like this. The good thing is, you're almost there. Have a very nice trip. Welcome to Mexico. I was not going to record on the return trip to Chicago, but I couldn't help myself when this happened. That beep has been going off all night. Buses inside Mexico are equipped with alarms that sound every time the driver goes over the speed limit. These international buses don't usually have those alarms, but yep, we got one. All night long, no one complained. I feel that's a very Mexican response, I tell my Mexican husband. What would be the point of complaining, he asks. The driver can't do anything but go slower, and we don't want to go slower. But he agrees, if this had been a bus full of gringos, they definitely would have complained. The bus beeped all the way to northern Mexico. It was still dark, but ahead, I could see a long, thin line of lights running left and right across the highway, the border. The thing about taking the bus to Mexico, you actually physically feel the distance between the two places that make up your life. You feel the border with its checkpoints and flashing lights and immigration officials. On the way back to Chicago, the bus drivers put on Mexican movies heightening nostalgia for the place we were leaving behind. The narrow black highway stretched out like a thread between Chicago and Mexico, the bus moving along it. Linda Lutton, WBEZ.